Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars, which was during the pandemic, but as we're coming out, I have so many interesting people that I want to talk to and share with you that we're just going to keep on rolling. Um, I'm down to about three a week, which I think is kind of a manageable number, so um, that will let some people catch up. Um, and uh, others just remember that we are posting uh, the audio of our um, webinars on iTunes. So it's Wendy's Winnie's on iTunes and you can download the podcast them as podcast form. So they're audio only. And that way, when you're driving your car, you can listen to the instead of playing the YouTube on your phone while you're driving. It's a little better idea. Anyway, today my guest is Dr. Heather O'Leary and I met Dr. O'Leary a little over little under a year ago in New Hampshire when she came to a Surefoot workshop. And she just came to another one that I did at Sue Smith's in Pennsylvania. And I was so fascinated by uh, some of the things that we talked about that I asked her to be a guest with me today. So uh, welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for asking me. I'm so honored. So Heather, give us a bit of like, how did you become a veterinarian? Like, like, where did all that start? Oh God, how did I not become a veterinarian? Um, I, I, I was one of those, another one of those kids who wanted to be a vet. I mean, I, I went quickly through like the ballerina and police officer stage. And then it was quickly like, I'm going to be a veterinarian. And then I, I was a very methodical child. And so I went to the library, which was my favorite place. And I took out books. Um, and, and, and I, you know, took up books on careers for horse lovers, actually, um, because I still wanted to leave the option open that maybe I wouldn't be a veterinarian, but I realized as I went through the careers for horse lovers that a veterinarian was really, um, the best choice for me, the most likely choice for me, and, um, by the time I was 12, I had the whole plan, I was gonna go to Cornell University and be a veterinarian and work on a horse farm, and I did all those things, which is kind of cool, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a veterinarian is what I'm, it's, it's what I am. You know, people talk about their jobs, you know, oh, that's what I do, not who I am. And I'm like, mm, this is who I am. And so, so you went to, um, to Cornell. I did. Lucky me. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I went to Cornell in, in Ithaca, New York, and I had a wonderful education there and met a lot of really great people uh, who were my teachers and friends and continue to be my teachers and friends. And sometimes they're friends and sometimes they're teachers and it's the same same person back and forth and I think every once in a while it seems like maybe I've had something to contribute in the other direction and that's always fun um so uh well, yeah and, it's I, a and I have to community. admit that um the reason that you wound up at the Surefoot Clinic is because you have a good friend Rachel Bellini I do yeah and so she where did you meet Rachel I met Rachel well Rachel and I uh both do um you know manual therapy acupuncture I think both of us we, we have a similar practice in that we're we don't do general practice so much anymore so you know vaccines and x-rays and dentals and things but we we kind of limit our practice specialize our practice to acupuncture and manual therapies and nutritional and and dietary counseling and um you know surefoot fits right in I met her at some seminar or conference or other and I can't even remember which one but I'm sure it was some seminar or conference and um, you know it's not a very big pond you know uh, veterinary acupuncturists and um, particularly if you do horses it's 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 more like a puddle um, and so we a lot of us you know get to know each other and Rachel and I, I think are uh, we, we realized uh, it didn't take too long to realize we're kindred spirits and um, so we became friends and, uh, and 
in the year or so before I bought my first pair of Surefoot pads, she had started, we would, we would text each other occasionally. And one of the things that she would sort of drip in my direction would be a picture or a video or a comment about an experience she had with Surefoot pads. And, and at first I really wasn't sure why she was doing it because we hadn't really talked all that much about them. I think I had heard of them, but I, I, I think in retrospect that she, she knew, she had an inkling that they would be very useful for me. And then finally, one day she sent me uh, a picture of a horse uh, and, and it was just a picture. And, uh, and then the text of it said, you know, this horse this is the first time this horse has seen a sure foot pad. And I went to see him and the whole uh, inside of his front leg and neck was tight and she couldn't get it to release. She was using all of her methods and she couldn't get it to release. And so she offered him the orange surefoot pads and, and the picture is, you know, this is how the horse chose to use the pad. And the horse was standing on the pad with the affected limb with the inside or medial aspect of the foot uh, dangling, you know, off, not on the pad. And so of course, what that was doing was allowing that whole inside to release that she had been unable to release with all of her voodoo and she offered the horse the pads and the horse said thank you very much I know what to do with that and completely released all of the restrictions that she had been trying to do wow. and I went all right where do I get these things <laughs> which, which which set I, I can get maybe two pair to start with which two do I get and she said you know get the orange and the purple and I said okay and I did. And I started seeing some lovely effects. And, um, and then I, I think that might have been one of the very few live seminars you did in, in, in 2020 in that yeah. bizarre year. And it was in New Hampshire. And it was less than a five-hour drive for me. And I was kind of starved for um, intelligent human contact. Um, in general, I'm not, I, I don't always like to people so much. It can get a little scary out there when it's so people-y, but with, um, with, with like-minded people like are here on this, uh, on this webinar, um, you know, I, I was feeling a little starved for that. And then I met you. And as soon as you started talking, um, okay, guys, don't, don't tell her, but like, I, I have a fangirl crush on Wendy. Like she's, <laughs> yeah. I do. I was like, wow, you talk about horses and people the way I like to talk about horses and people, just with kindness and compassion and, and a bit of wit and humor and endless patience. And um, so that was it. I bought a bunch more pads from you that day and I went out and I kept, I kept playing with them. How's that? And, and that's really, you know, she's not, she's not paying me. <laughs> Um, playing with them is kind of the thing. It's like, you know, because every horse is so different. It really is ab about experimentation and playing with them and not having a, a huge agenda to just see what happens. And that's, I think that's part of the magic, if, the, if you will, is the, the space with which to explore without um, expectation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, horses, even, even the, you know, backyard horses, you know, they, they lead really a, such an over-managed life. Um, and uh, it's so infrequent for them to get the opportunity to really explore with a human present 
on their own terms and in their own time. And that's what you would encourage people to do. And, and I just love that. Even if all we were working with was like a postage stamp that we were having them stand on, that would be beautiful. If it, if it were, even if, even if sure if it were only a prop that helped people to just take a step back, take a breath and watch their horse experience the world and get curious about what might be going on, I'd be a fan. But of course we all know that a lot more is going on than than just that that's yeah your signal's gotten a little broken up your your sound is a little broken up but you when you leaned forward it something happened we'll just see if we can Got better or worse uh i have to give it a second let me, let me move around by the way we love you back I, I live in the country as you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But living in the country, uh, the internet isn't always as spectacular as it could be. Is this getting any better? Yep. Give it a I'm second. trying to move you closer. The, the router. Because it was great when we first started. Any better? Uh, yeah. Your mouth is moving. Yeah, that's that's, no that's life. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was wondering uh, if it was your. your is this any better? Ah, the beauty of live broadcast. Yeah, we might. Any just, of this coming through? It is. It's coming through. It's just that your words and your video aren't matching up. I'm gonna take away the background. I'm now right on top of the router. Yeah, it's getting better. Just give it a sec, I think. Okay, go ahead and say something. It was just a few steps away from the router. Are we any yeah. better now? It's it's getting better. It's starting to connect. I think just, there's a slight delay for it to catch up. So I can even hear myself. Fantastic. But oh, that's better. Um, better. Okay. Yeah. I was a few steps away from the router because it's a much nicer background, and then I'm not in my house with my terriers. <laughs> so apologies if the terrier explosion happens, um, well, that's okay. and I don't get we don't get the beautiful background. That's fine. I've had my cats come through. The UPS man came the other day, was the only one home and I had to like go and move the boxes for him. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, okay, awesome. so you, you came to that first workshop and it was so much fun having you because I, I love having veterinarians uh, because of your training and because of the information that you have that I obviously don't have. I attempted to go to vet school, but that didn't work out. And in a way, I'm, it obviously was the better path for me because of what I'm doing now. Um, so like from your perspective, can you talk about how you see Surefoot benefiting veterinarians or, or working uh, as a, an aid to the veterinary care? Well, uh, one big way that it can be an aid is if the, uh, the horse caretaker uh, spends a little time getting educated about Surefoot and has 
at least a few of the pads themselves and is playing around with them with the horses, uh, that caretaker is going to be able to give a lot more useful information to the veterinarian. Oh, um, sure. Right? Yeah. I hadn't even thought about it from that perspective. For sure. I mean, the better that the, 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 the more astute the owner's observations, the, the easier it is for me to figure out what's going on. And that, that's the case. It's always been the case, even before I became the, you know, alternative practitioner that I am. Yeah, but um, you just reminded me that uh, one time Bess Miller came on the webinar and she talked about how uh, she had children for students and they were not very observant. And so one day she just started with Surefoot with them. And the next lesson they came for, they were already had completely changed in their observation skills. Amazing, and, right? Yeah, it was, it was mind-blowing. And so I hadn't thought about the fact that Surefoot makes a person more observant and therefore they're going to be able to give more and better information to their veterinarian when there is something that they need to talk to them about. Right, right, wow. right. Be because, you know, really a, a good veterinarian, um, you know, once we have a relationship, an established relationship with a horse caretaker, um, we can get pretty darn close to a diagnosis over the phone. Now I'm saying that specifically because if I'm talking to somebody who I've never met before and asking them questions, especially about a horse I've never met before, it becomes, I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know how to interpret their observations and I don't know what that means for that particular horse. But once I, once I know somebody and have kind of a feel for, you know, what they do and don't notice and how, how astute their observations are. And, and that's not a judgment. I'm not saying that like, you know, it's not like an intelligence thing. It's just, you know, the specific kind of information I might be looking for. Um, then it, it, you know, it's very helpful. A lot of times, you know, if somebody calls me for possibly an urgent, what might be an urgent situation, if I know them and they give me good information, I can feel pretty confident about whether that really is an urgent situation or whether it can wait until regular hours. Whereas when I don't know them or if they're just not for whatever reason able to give me good information, I, I usually want to come see it because I just don't know. It might be fine, but it might not. And if it's not, I don't want to be wrong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. But I, I hadn't thought about the carryover of the sort of uh, the things that we learned from Surefoot and doing Surefoot and watching horses on pads how that carries over to making us more observant in other areas of our life. Mm -hmm. um, but that, but, but of course, right. I mean, that just, of course, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And so, um, and, and so much of it, you know, if you don't notice, it doesn't exist. Right. Um, that's the bottom line. What, what we learn as veterinary students uh, in terms of record keeping is if we didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Oh, wow. Okay. So keep good records, right? Yeah. And um, I, I became famous even as a regular vet. Uh, I would have many of my clients say, God, I hope I'm not getting charged by the word. Because <laughs> uh, I was also, by the way, uh, an English lit major in, in college. And so, you know, words are kind of my thing. And I would write everything out. But I knew it. They were like, you know, if you didn't, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. If you don't write it down, you didn't notice it, you know, like, yeah. And, and it can be really important. And when I did that, I was working in a um, multi-doctor practice. So it was possible that somebody who, who had never seen the animal would be following up for me. And I wanted to make sure that they had a really good picture of 
what I saw when I was there. And, 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 and it, one of my proudest moments would be when people would tell me your, your notes were so good. I felt like I was standing right next to you and I'm like, good, perfect. That's what I want because then you can take the next step, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and people who start working with playing with Surefoot uh, in the way that you recommend, they start to become really good at, um, at ob- observing and you sort of encourage people to tell stories, but true stories, right? We t- people tell all kinds of stories about their horses. Oh, he was abused. That's why he doesn't want his ears touched, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, those are just stories that we're making up, but you encourage people to tell real stories like, oh, you know, he's licking and chewing. Oh, and he stood on this one. He looked to the left and, you know, oh, he shifted his weight that way. Oh, you know, and you don't know what the story means. You don't know how it ends. You don't know where it's going, but you're going to just narrate your horse's story until you let the horse tell you what might be going on. Yeah, that's awesome. So now, you know, obviously, as a veterinarian, you recognize that there's times when surefoot can be really helpful, but there's also times when, and I've, and I've seen this personally, but I don't think we've talked about it enough in these webinars, when, you know, surefoot is not going to solve the problem or sure, it, it's not the be all and end all. In other words, there's nothing that's going to solve everything. And so, like, can you give us sort of the, where you see Surefoot as really, really helpful and where you see Surefoot that it's either inappropriate or not the thing or, you know, yeah, that's nice, but. Well, I think that, so I told you about how, how valuable a, um, a good relationship with my clients is to me in terms of how, how good and efficient a veterinarian as it can allow me to be, right? So when I have a relationship with the horse caretaker, I can be a better veterinarian. They help me be a better veterinarian. Like we're always working in a team. There's no way to not work in a team when you're a veterinarian because we have, um, because of at least that triangle, right? The veterinarian and the client and the animal. Um, so anything that divides people from that relationship, anything that increases the space between them and a good relationship with their local accessible veterinarian is going to be not a good thing. Um, and I think, you know, I think I've, I've, I've hammered that home. So, you know, when somebody, we all know that, um, like, if my, if I had a horse and my horse were colicking and I didn't have any mode to treat the horse, I would be picking up the phone to call, you know, a veterinarian or a colleague to come treat my horse. And if I had sure foot pads, yeah, definitely. I'd see if I could get my horse on sure foot pads and if that would help them in any way, right? We know it works on fascial lines. We know it helps to, you know, alter some blood flow. We know it seems to to help them get in the parasympathetic mode. All of those things can be helpful. If I have a horse with colic, it can help to soften those symptoms, right? And maybe kind of hold their hand to get through. But if I see my horse colicking and I don't pick up the phone, but I think, nah, I'm going to play with the short foot pads for a couple of hours and see what that does, you know, and then I call my vet at 10 o'clock at night, eh, you know, that's not so good. It might not be good for the horse. It's not going to thrill your veterinarian if they realize that you've been trying to do this on your own all day and now they have to get out of bed or not get home yet um, because now they have to come out at 10 o'clock at night Uh, and you know and I'm not I'm not trying to like you know play a sad violin for veterinarians we chose this life and and most of us really love it Um, but you know it gets really hard sometimes 
Um, so I think that anything that, that, that divides us, and if, if Surefoot is used as a way to divide us from our um, trusted veterinarians, then that's going to be a, a downside. Um, if we use it um, inexpertly, like a horse with a tendon issue, I know you've had Dr. Kelleher, I think, on here yeah. talking about how she uses Surefoot um, in rehabbing tendon injuries. But if you use Surefoot without expert guidance, you could absolutely make a tendon injury worse. Ditto horses who have neurologic deficits. You could definitely make it worse. Ditto horses who have some sort of acute disease that maybe won't even be diagnosed and is making a horse weak for all kinds of reasons. You're not going to throw that horse on surefoot and see what happens because maybe that'll just be the last straw that'll tip them over into the into the bad end, right? You know, you don't know. You know, we don't we don't get to have it both ways, right? Everybody who's here listening, I think, knows that Surefoot can be a really powerfully beneficial addition to our interactions with our horse. And if it can do powerful good, it can also do powerful bad. Like, so, so we, we don't get to say, oh, it, do, it only does good things, right? Um, so we need to be smart about it. We need to think about it. And when we really don't know what's going on with our horse, or if we really don't know what's going on with those pads, we need to, what, what did my mom used to say? Let discretion be the better part of valor, right? Which, yeah, yeah which is just like, let's not until we know more, right? Well, and, you know, I'm so glad that, to have you talking about this because, uh, you know, I mean, I have years of experience, not only with Surefoot, but just being in the horse world. And I've had horses where I've looked at them and go, there's no way I'm going to put this horse on pads. And it's that that's an intuitive call that I recognize that this is inappropriate. Um, but sometimes it's hard for people to, to they don't have the experience or the breadth of understanding in the modalities to recognize that maybe this isn't appropriate at this time. And that it may, it's not that it's not appropriate for the horse altogether, but in that particular moment. Um, and I think that that's something um, that's important for people to recognize is that while, like you say, it's a wonderful tool, but there are times when it's not called for, or the other way to talk about it is the last thing your vet wants to hear is that they got there and the surefoot pads fixed it and discount the veterinarian and their care. Well, precisely. And that, that's what I mean. Uh, that's one of the ways that I mean anything that's going to divide people from um, a trusting relationship with their veterinarian, right? Because vets, um, the vast majority of uh, vets out there, and we're talking about horse vets right now, um, they, they, they love their patients. They love their job and they love their patients and they work their tails off to help keep your horses healthy and that's what they signed up to do and they love doing it um but you know some days get really long and really hard and um you know we get kind of tender and you know if we show up with all of our tools and you know we we work with your horse and then the horse is better you know we'd like a, a little bone you know we'd like a little you know, a little gold star please like thank you that was great you know if we then hear like oh the you know good thing I put the beamer on that saved him or good thing I put my horse on the surefoot pads before you got here. That's what made the difference. That just kind of like a lot of vets, it's going to just deflate them a little like really dude, like I just killed myself to get here and help. And you're going to tell me it was these silly foam pads. 
like well, ouch, when I think right? <laughs> to your point, that's not just with the veterinarians. That could be your farrier or your riding instructor or your trainer. I, you know, I've had experiences where people come for a lesson with me and they tell me all about the wonderful things they did with another instructor while they're in my presence, while I'm trying to help them. And it's kind of like, well, why am I here? Um, why, here yeah. why am I here? <laughs> so it's not just uh, veterinary care. I think it's important that we, uh, you know, sometimes we get so enthusiastic about something new that we've learned and we want to share it with the world. And it's, you know, um, but sometimes it's, it's maybe not appropriate at that moment, especially if there's a crisis and you're trying to solve something. And I, I have an experience where my, I had a mayor and she had bacterial enteritis, but prior to the bacterial enteritis, she had a terrible uterine infection and we treated her with Arnica and resolved that. But here she is with the bacterial enteritis and I make a comment about how we've solved that problem and the vet didn't appreciate me, you know? And it, and I, it has stuck in my mind all these years later, and it's been quite a number of years, how inappropriate it was for me to say that to him at that moment. And, and, and you didn't mean it. You didn't mean any harm. You know, you didn't mean any harm. I, you know, I've heard people say, uh, you know, uh, impact is more important than intent. And you know, I'm not sure that I agree with that statement as a blanket statement. But, you know, if we could try to con consider the impact of, of, of our statements and not just what we're saying, but as you pointed out, the timing, yeah. right? Like, like when your vet shows up on an urgent call to help your horse who's colicking, you know, maybe that's, that's not the moment to say, well, it's going to be okay. Cause I put her on surefoot pads, even if that's the truth, because ladies and gentlemen, I actually do think that surefoot could probably, you know, certain forms of colic that that a session on a sure foot pad could have a beneficial effect for sure um but even if it's a hundred percent proven like that's just not the moment to tell your vet like so, they don't um so this brings me to a question it i mean obviously you're familiar with surefoot and more and more vets are becoming familiar with surefoot and they're even at some uh universities they're writing prescriptions and they're using them in rehab but if if someone's vet has never heard about surefoot pads when and how might a client bring up the subject? Uh, I'm maybe they that's, don't. Maybe it, it, it might be that you don't, you know, I mean, I guess I'm going to go ahead and say that if you're not sure if you should, then don't. Because, and especially, I mean, I don't know where, you know, I don't know when everybody's going to be listening to this, if anybody ever is, but in the moment of recording, it's um, June 10th, and I live in the Northeast United States. So uh, this is go time for horse vets in my part of the geographical area, right? They are working 12-hour days. Um, they are running around uh, and, you know, insert analogy here, I'll just say a ball in a pinball machine often, mm -hmm. right? A 12-hour day is probably fairly routine. Um, and then they can go longer from there. So um, I want people to just sit for a moment and think about times when they might have worked that hard and how open did they feel at that moment to a new idea. Mm. <laughs> All right. And let's make a surefoot analogy. If you have a horse who's completely stressed out, right? If we have that colicking horse and that horse has never met a surefoot pad, is that the moment to introduce surefoot pads? <laughs> no. 
Um, if we have a horse who's totally stressed out, we just uh, we just moved a yearling from the only home he's ever known to a new barn where he's got nobody uh, and he's freaking out and running around and screaming his head off and, you know, doing airs above the ground. Is that the moment to introduce the sure foot pads? <laughs> no. So that's your vet right now. You know, they're in that level of overdrive. So if you're in the Northeast right now, I would just go ahead and say, like, no, don't don't do it. Save it for another day. And, um, you know decide what kind of relationship you have with your vet and see if they might be open and you know and you can I've learned because I can be a bit of a steamroller myself I've been told um, and I have trained myself and I usually remember to do it if I have an opinion on something that I will say may I offer my opinion or may I offer my observation and so if you're if you're in an, in a time when you think maybe your vet does have the mental space to have a conversation about something new, then you might say, "Hey, do you have a minute for me to tell you about something new that I'm using?" And if they say, "Yeah, sure," then you can tell them. And if they say, "You know what? I, just not now," right. and then you, you have and got then, another caller behind on the day, or you know, it's stacked up over their head, or they just or they haven't had a shower in three weeks, <laughs> or you know, right. But you ask them that like, then whenever you're judging, just say, hey, do you, do you have a minute? And if they say no, like, you know, honor that. They're not trying to be a jerk. Like right. they still like you. It's not like they think that you're an idiot. They just they don't have the time. And if they don't have the time, all you're going to do is make them feel resentful about the modality. And then it's going to make it twice as hard when, say, maybe I'm trying to talk to them about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, those sure foot pads. All my clients are trying to shove those on me when I'm doing 20 things like get away from me. Right. I mean, we so really help. need to stand them on a pad, but. <laughs> and, and again, yeah, that might be the thing. Like, hey, do you have a couple of minutes? Hey, like, why don't you stand? If you, if you have a minute, why don't, could, why don't you stand on this for just a minute and see what you think? You know, but if they say no, you know, accept the Honor no. The no. Honor well, the and no. it was so interesting with my equine dentist who came to do the horses and she's quite busy and everything. And uh, she knows about them, but it wasn't until she went to write up her notes that she sat on a medium pad and she went home with it. <laughs> it was like, she sat down on it. It was like, whoa, okay. I, can I have this? I'll be like, yes, you can have it. I sent her home with it. Um, and sometimes that's actually, you know, if your farrier has a sore back or your vets, you know, kind of achy, um, I have not posted this picture, but someone sent me a picture. Uh, I think it was her husband. He was collecting semen from a young bull in the back of a trailer, and he was kneeling on his surefoot full physio pad. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was on the that was on the the Facebook page. Right, and it was you know he takes it everywhere he goes now, and his knees don't hurt him anymore. So awesome! So awesome! So, so sometimes the way into to a vet or a professional that's very busy is to just have them experience it for a minute, just a minute. Um, and if it does anything to alleviate their discomfort, they're going to then be able to have the bandwidth. That's right, that it, it opens the door. But if you're straining and struggling and you're hurting and you've got six other appointments to get to, obviously that's not the moment. Not the moment, yeah. And I did that with a, there was a farrier when I was playing around with some pads and the, the uh, owners weren't around and, and she was like, what are you doing doc? And so I'm kind of explaining to her while I'm doing it. And she was asking me more questions. And then we, we did one on the horse that she was working on and it was all interesting. And she's like, I just don't really understand. And I was like, here, and I tossed a physio pad on the floor and I'm like, 
find out for yourself stand on it i can stand on it yeah you can stand on it and she <laughs> did sorry, i love that yes, you can <laughs> yes you can and she did and i don't know if it was a minute maybe it was a little longer and like she her whole posture changed and her shoulders opened up and her head went up and then she turns her head right and left and her eyes got big as saucers and she said my neck isn't cracking anymore where do i get this and I gave her the website. Can I get one of these? Yes, you can. I, I couldn't give her mine because I needed it. Um, but uh, I said, yes, you can. Here's the website. Go and get one. And um, yeah, it, it took a minute. Wow. And you know what I've actually done lately is I put a Phil Physio in front of my bathroom sink because I've ha been having some heel pain. And so now when I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, getting a drink, I'm just, and it's, yeah, exactly. 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And then I so take it out way. of the way because otherwise I trip on it in the dark, right? So I lift it up and rest it against the cabinet when I'm not using it. And then I just flop it down and stand on it when I'm at the sink. And already I can feel a difference. But how long have I been doing this that I've thought, you know, it's like... <laughs> seven years it's like oh I could do that but yeah. that's great because you know what I can't get my husband to stand on one because he just doesn't like to do things for himself in that way and oh, but I think I'm gonna try that I'm gonna put yeah, it in the, it's, bathroom it's, sink. the key is that you gotta lift it up because the way my door opens in the dark with the carpet if I'm in the dark I'm gonna jam into it so I just flop totally. it up and then flap it down and I've been doing this now for about three four days and I'm like wow this makes a difference <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's almost like she knows what she's talking about, isn't it? It's almost like these things work. Oh, who could? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. 125 webinars later, we realize, oh, my God, they really work. Yeah. So, so, Heather, talk to us about how you use Surefoot in your practice in when you're actually working with a horse. So um, I charge by um, time duration of time of the appointment, not not by um, modality offered, because I like to be able to decide with the horse what's going to work best, and I don't want people um, crunching numbers. So uh, so I start uh, every session. I, I have a beamer blanket. I usually start with five minutes of that, just because that I can do that while I'm getting a little history and update from the owner. Um, and then uh, I usually check the horse's body manually, you know, and I feel where, where there's restrictions and where there's reactivity and where I might want to do a chiropractic adjustment before Surefoot, I would have just gone ahead and felt and adjusted and felt and adjusted and done my thing. But now I check and I try if the owner or caretaker is there, it's even better. I try to demonstrate for them. I talk to them so that they can see what's going on and where I'm finding restrictions because I really like people to get involved and um, and then I offer some surefoot pads and you know how much which ones you know it depends uh, I, I usually keep it really short especially if it's a very first time but I offer a couple of surefoot pads here and there and then I go back and I check and I'll tell you what Wendy it's common for at least half of the chiropractic adjustments to be resolved even if I'm just playing for three to five minutes, doing, doing, yeah. doing, doing nothing, right? Like, do, you know, like, right. What's going on there? You know, yeah. that's, that's really amazing, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is really amazing. And so I look at Surefoot as helping me save my body because I'm 53 and there's no retirement in sight. And honestly, I don't think I really want to retire because... <laughs> how would I do it anyway it just means yeah. doing something else that <laughs> right right I would just be doing this for free like because what else would I 
you know, maybe I'd be a little choosier about my clients, but I'm kind of choosy anyway. So, um, yeah, so it's helping to save my body. And honestly, it's, it's honoring the intelligence of the horse to let them do it. I mean, I, you know, uh, disclaimer, when I, I learned acupuncture because I was driven to learn acupuncture because an acupuncturist had changed my life personally. She had helped me in amazing ways and I needed to be able to offer that to my patients. Um, but I learned chiropractic kicking and screaming because the chiropractic care I had received was rather harsh, let's just say. It had felt kind of harsh to me. It had helped me at times, but it had felt harsh and it had not felt like a permanent solution. Now I'm not slamming on chiropractors at all. That was my personal experience with it. When I learned chiropractic for animals, it was, I, it was a wonderful addition. Um, uh, and now I don't even remember why I was talking about that with Surefoot, but, oh, but it still is something that I'm doing to them. Oh yeah. You know, it's still something that I'm doing to them. You know, I'm trying to read their body and, and, and engage them in it and, you know, work with their body in a way that they can accept, but I'm still doing it to them, you know, right. whereas with Surefoot, I'm doing it for them. Oh, I you love know, I'm offering the pads, right? You always say you offer the pads, you don't put them on it. You don't train them on it. You don't get them on it. You offer the pads. You just keep offering the pads and the horse tells you, what they need and the more intelligent they are um the more the more and well intelligent okay just like people there's a range of intelligence in horses there's, there's the horses a, that a really know their body experience in other words the horse that's more familiar with body work and training it is more uh readily available for surefoot in terms yes. of investigating it yes yeah exactly and so then i can offer that to them and say here When's the last time anybody asked you what you want? I mean, yeah, like, do you want this cookie? Okay, fine. But like, really, what do you want? Like with your body, what do you want? Stand on these cross ties, go out in the pasture, go in the running shed, come in your stall, eat your food now, you know, wear this saddle, go around in circles. I mean, and I'm, and I'm not like slamming on anybody. This is what we do with horses. And I think we can still do it with fun, but still they're, you know, there's not a lot of choice, but then with the pads, it's kind of like, hey, buddy, what do you need? Is this helpful? No? Okay, no problem. What about this? Is this helpful? Yeah, maybe. I might have a point there. Okay, great. What else do you need? Just tell me. And like, I think some horses, it like blows their mind because they're kind of like, you mean I, 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 get, I get to decide? You know, people, when they start to step off and the owner will be like, you know, no, no, no. I'm like, no, you let him step off. You, he can go wherever he wants. He doesn't have to put even a quarter of a toe on that pad if he doesn't want to. This is these are questions that we're asking, and um, I, I just I love that. I love that your pads, that your system, because it's not just the pads, Wendy. It's you and the way you coach us to 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 utilize these pads. That is just such a gift, and. And it's a way, and we're, you know, but we're monkeys. We like to do, we want to have a thing. So, you know, if I were just having people stand there and look at their horse standing there on a cross tire or a lead rope, like it would get pretty boring, but it, I have the pads. So we have a little prop and something that we can like move around. Cause that's satisfying. And me too, right. I'm, I, I'm my, my frontal lobe likes to get entertained. Right. So, um, so it gives us a little prop around which, to really give the horse the space to express themselves and for us to start to just, even if we don't know what's going on, we 
we are we are think we are acknowledging that something is going on and we might not know it and that's okay and the horses i think they just they're just kind of like yeah you know and that you know so much of this comes from my experience with the feldenkrais method which is incredibly socratic right it's about asking questions and um and also the ability to to feldenkrais would not wake someone up if they fell asleep in class and I actually slept through segments of my training. Literally, I would be exhausted and I'd get down and lay on my mat and I would wake up and it would be after lunch and I would think it was first break, right? And that permission to be, and it was okay in a safe space. And I think that that's a lot of where that tenant comes from in Surefoot. It comes from my experience with the Feldenkrais method and how by, by, allowing and giving permission to just be, even if it's to not partake, um, is, is an acknowledgement that you are, right? That and you, you count. Are. Yes. Yes. You, you are and you matter and I see you. And um, I've had a couple of horses, you know, I've only been playing with these pads for, you know, uh, a year, year, year and a half, I think that I got my first set of pads. So, you know, still, I'm still a neophyte here, but I've had a couple of horses where the first few times I offered the pads, they were like hell to the no. Yeah. And, and it was really hard for the owners. Oh, she's being bad. And I'm like, she's not being bad. She's just, she's just being, she just doesn't want them. That's okay. It's okay. I've got lots of other methods that I can use to help your horse today. Don't worry. But each time I offer them and I offer them and the very, I, I really feel like the very fact that I allow them to say no, they're not stupid. You know, they meet me once and they remember, right? Mm -hmm. And and I just keep telling them, it's fine. It's fine. Use it. Don't use it. I don't know. You know, I know I look pretty stupid. I probably am pretty stupid. And then, you know, the first time that they actually agree to, you know, try it out. And then they, the horse gets that look on their face, you know, and then I'm like, eh, I'm not as stupid as I look, am I? Almost, but not quite as stupid as I look. And, you know, and then they start to lick and chew and it's just like, it makes my heart sing. You know, like I could almost weep just thinking about it because your, your, your pads and the way that you've encouraged us to use them has made me realize how very little I really know about how a horse experiences the world. Oh, wow. Really, because it's so different. Yeah. And it's not just about them having four legs rather than two. It's not about them being quadrupeds. It's not about them being prey animals, although that's part of it. It's, it's not about them standing on those little tiny feet, but that's part of it. Like it's, there are all these different things. And then their experience of the world and gravity and everything it's it's just profoundly different from us and i'm 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 still not sure about everything that's going on in there but it's helped me to at least realize there's so many more rooms in there that i hadn't even looked in well and it you know one of the things for me is like when you came to the workshop that we did in pennsylvania i i have to be careful how much time we actually have horses on pads because I watch all the people melt, literally just get into this really soft place. And the only way I can figure this out is that the electromagnetic field of the horse, when they get into parasympathetic, when they get into that really, I'm okay, everything's okay. It's, we are encompassed into that field 
And it's like I said, I have to be careful because I have drooling people that I get, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. You know, I was, we're, we're done. And um, it's, you, it's a facet. And I think that that's what we're seeking when we're around our horses to be in that magnetic field that when they're grounded and solid, that is, is so encompassing, but that so much of our environmental situations kind of compress it. And when that's allowed to expand and we're within that field, it's, uh, it's profound. It's really, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but you obviously understand what I'm saying. Totally. I'm getting like goosebumps all over the place. Um, just listening to, cause yeah, it's, it's the truth. I mean, that, that is, that is what many of us are, are looking for. That's why we, we do all the hard stuff, expensive, hard, dirty, physically demanding stuff around horses. Cause we want some of that, but it, you know, our own minds get in the way because, because we're busy. I mean, and we have to forgive ourselves. We're busy. That's, we can't, we can't fix everything, but um, yeah, playing around with the pads for just a few minutes with our horses. I really think that it can, it can just, I don't know, show us all the different dimensions. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, and, and you also went home with some sure pause pads. Now I just want to caveat. Um, they are still the beta pads, the next generation, which uh, will be the one that we'll have for public presentation is not here yet. We're messing around with the logo. Thanks to your suggestion. I talked to my graphics guy today. So we have to get that. So that it's okay. You totally got it. Right. Um, so, you know, we're still messing around, but I sent uh, Dr. O'Leary home with some of these prototype uh, sure pause pads and and I, you've got to tell us this story because it was you you were bursting at the seams to tell me and I think it's so exciting. I almost ran all the way to Virginia from New York to tell you I was like oh I gotta talk to you so so I have these pads and uh, I have a little I have a little patient she's a little eight pound miniature dachshund and I uh, she came to see me after she'd had back surgery um, for an intervertebral disc and um, we've been making steady progress slow and steady progress her owner is very devoted to her and this little dog all eight pounds of her is very brave um, and she's she's a very nervous little dog and usually is panting the whole time that she's in there with me and mom generally has to hold her and often be holding her in a st stand and hold her because even if she's sitting and holding her she's still too agitated and then you can imagine a little eight pound dog there's not a lot of real estate for me to work with but you know we've been doing our best and and we've been making progress so I came back from uh, the Surefoot webinar and I uh, seminar and uh, and I had these Sure Paws pads and I was doing some other stuff and then I just boom I'm like I think I should try the pads and uh, and so I I brought them out and I had um th th there's a uh what there, there's a firm and a medium and a soft that you gave me and they're they're only about one inch and right. since this is a tiny little dog these pads the whole dog can easily fit on one pad. And so I took out the firm pad and I decided to use a spongy side and I put her on the pad and, you know, it's a little different. You can't like offer this dog was not going to climb onto these pads of her own accord, but I got her on the pad and I kind of just like boxed her in. So I wasn't like mm, holding her on, but I was just kind of like, no, don't jump off. No, don't jump off. Just try it. Come on. Just try it. Try it. Try it. It's like lima beans. Just try it. Right. And she, and she finally, sorry, it's a thing from my childhood. And then, and then she finally like 
settled for just a moment. And as soon as she settled, I kind of opened up the box of my arms and she stopped and she just stood there and she stood there for five or maybe 10 seconds. And then she stepped off. And of course I let her and I was like, okay, well, that was interesting. Now I tell everybody don't overdo. I probably should have stopped there, but <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. So I brought out the purple medium pad. And again, I had spongy side up and I again, you know, lowered the dog onto the pad and she struggled for about two seconds. And then she stood and she stood and she stood. And I was just literally like, you know, just kind of like arms encircling the pad, not touching her at all. And she stood there for probably 10 or 20 seconds. And then she yawned and then she stepped off. I would like to say that that was the last pad that I offered, but again, do as I say, out there, not as I do. And I offered her the soft pad. And when I put her on the soft pad, she didn't struggle for even an instant. As soon as I put her on the pad, she stood. And then about five or 10 seconds and she stepped off. And I'm like, okay, now let's see. Now, one thing that before being on the pads, even that very day, her left rear leg has always been the weakest and it's been getting stronger. But still, when she arrived that, that afternoon, the left rear leg, if she was standing, that left rear leg would just skid behind her and then she'd replace it and then it would go out behind her and, and if she was on and that was even on a carpet if she was on slick flooring forget it um but even on a carpet like the owner had to just put a little finger behind that foot to keep it from sliding back and also if she wasn't in the owner's arms she was hopping around and hopping around and panting 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 with that giant red tongue and, and hopping around and trying to get, get in her arms so we finish and i look at the dog and, she, and the owner is standing and the dog is looking up at her. A, she's not panting. B, that left rear leg is under her and it's not fading back. And I'm like, Aah. so I'm like, walk around the office a little bit. I have a tiny little office. It's all rugs. And she starts walking around the office and the dog follows her, but just follows her like walking, not hopping around and bouncing and trying to get just and that leg stays under her and she stops and she turns and she now the dog doesn't have a normal gait by any means but 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 that left rear leg was staying under her and and then the owner was like she's not trying to jump in my arms and I'm like you're right and I mean I've seen this dog a half a dozen times so it's not like oh she finally got used to me you know this is I've seen this dog you know weekly or every other week for at least half a dozen visits so um that was pretty profound. And I responded to that by sending this owner home with the purple pad with instructions to offer it once a day and to use it for no more than 60 seconds. Um, you know, if the dog wanted to get off sooner than that, let the dog get off. But if the dog was chilling on the pad, um, then after 60 seconds, she should be evicted and um, don't let her stay on there any longer. And um, we're really, we're really getting somewhere. We're really getting somewhere. And that was, I mean, within total of the three pads, maybe a minute, less than, and the dog went from that leg sliding back to, and that, and it's durable. I just saw that dog. I, we waited two weeks again, this time we, I was seeing the dog every week, waited two weeks. The owner got a little worried after about a week and a half into it, but um, she thought maybe there was something going wrong. But at, upon further questioning, I realized that the dog was feeling so good that she went running around the backyard 
Oh, wow. And I was kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And I'm watching the dog move around in the room. And I'm like, I'm seeing a dog who looks every bit as good as the dog I saw two weeks ago leaving. And, and not panting anymore? Uh, not as, not nearly as much. She panted a, a few times, but not nearly as much. So she yeah. remains more confident and those legs are under her and... I mean, it's really incredible. So she still has my purple pad um, and I'm, she's, she's concerned. So having her use it every other day, I think the dog could still benefit from every day, but I'm just going to have her use it every other day. And again, no more than 60 seconds maximum. And, um, and we'll see what happens. So that, that was so awesome. So So, um, yes, I am working on getting Surepaws going. Uh, we're still working out a few things with Surefoot to make sure that we don't run out, um, which we're getting sorted out. And then we're going to get moving on Surepaws. And, um, you know, I've, yeah, I, I won't say a lot more because there's just a lot of behind the scenes work that we've been doing with Surefoot to get things organized. And I thought I would be done by now. So I'm not. No. But no. we're close. We're close. <laughs> Tick tock. Um, yeah, really. But that's that's so cool because you know I like I said to I said it to you. I have someone using Surepaws in Australia, and I just talked to her, and she's she's seeing it benefit neurologic horse uh, dogs. Lots and you know that's really a huge benefit there. And um, I have somebody in Europe, but I I didn't have anyone in the states that could I could have interaction with about it. And so that's such a nice partnership to have you with Surepaws to help kind of you know, give feedback to me so that we can advance this. And yes, we will be working on getting that going very soon. Um, wow. That, that, that owner and little patient, definitely. Thank you. And I'm, I'm having some not quite as dramatic, but um, very nice results uh, playing around with it with some of my other patients, but that little dog, man, that little dog. And, and, you know, okay, I'm going to get like hippy dippy, like prayer rug, crystal waving alert. Okay. Turn off your volume if that kind of thing, you know, makes you break out into hives. But, um, you know, whenever I try out a new modality that I'm kind of interested in, when I try it for the first time, I always say, okay, show me what you got. Right. It's like, I, I, I don't, I didn't even realize I did that at first. Right. But like what the first time I ever got acupuncture on myself, I was like, I was in a lot of pain and I'm kind of like, all right, so like, I didn't, I, I had had acupuncture a few times that it never worked for me, but, um, the chiropractor was busy. So I went to the acupuncturist that somebody, I was new to the area and I, and anyway, show me what you got. And then when it works, I get kind of like, alrighty then, you know, I asked and now you you give, you know, and, and when I don't see any results early on, I usually kind of like, it doesn't mean that I never come back to it, but I'm kind of like, all right, maybe not now, yeah. you know, shelve it for a while. And, you know, when I had those sure pause pads, I had that little patient and I'm like, okay, all right, honey, show me what you got. And that's what I got. So that to me is like, yes, keep going. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. Keep going. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's, um, it's, so much fun to get that kind of feedback um and whether it's surefoot or sure pause or or working with humans with the pads um you know there's days here in the office where um things don't always go well and so when we get something like that it really is like it's that boost you need to say okay i'm gonna get back on my horse i'm gonna do this again <laughs> please do 
please do. You are you are changing lives in dramatic ways. I, I can assure you, even in my tiny little world, I can assure you that you are changing lives for the better in, in dramatic ways. So um, keep going. Thanks. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah. So um, we're going to see each other again in July up in New Hampshire. Yeah, we have a we short workshop we for uh, equine professionals. You don't have to be an equine professional to attend the workshop. So if you would like to attend um, you can contact me or Janice Perry. She's on the website, uh, Surefoot Equine. You can go to the calendar and see that event. Um, the workshops are so much fun and uh, because there's nothing like live, standing with a bunch of people, making observations, watching horses. Um, the group the group think, if you will, is, is really fun. And I've missed that uh, in this past year, spending time at my computer instead of out in the world. But um, It'll be really fun to see you again and, and see what we come up with this time. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Heather. This has been a, a whole lot of fun and um, Good. just uh, really great. And I think, you know, one of the take-home messages is, is if your vet is unfamiliar with Surefoot, then please acknowledge their services for the help that they're bringing to you and look for an opportunity to talk to them about Surefoot, but don't stuff it down their throat. <laughs> Is that kind of the take-home message? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait for the moment and ask if it's appropriate because, um, you know, even I, I have a vet that came out to do radiographs on my horse and I could feel it was not appropriate to start talking. He had a very system that he works. It works for him. You know, he's very efficient and it was not an appropriate moment. And so I just sat back um, and it's okay. There will be a time and a place if you just look for that opening and not force it. Yes, yeah, In, right. And- in every way, in every interaction with horses, with humans, with veterinarians, yeah. don't force it, right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Heather, again. It's been a pleasure to see you. And thank you, everyone, for joining me. Tomorrow is Friday, so I'll be doing the webinar on Surefoot. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about just yet, but I will come up with a topic. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no, wait, I have Bess Miller. I have Bess Miller coming tomorrow. We're going to talk about, she's been using Surefoot with her foals and her two-year-olds now. And we're going to talk about how she's been using Surefoot with her young horses. I'm so glad I remembered because Bess would not appreciate me saying, I don't remember. But um, yeah, she's going to give us an update on what she's been doing with some video and stuff. It'll be really fun. Oh, that's really awesome. Yep. So thanks, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow and have a great day. Thank Bye. you, everybody. Have a great day. Bye.